1: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Gavin Berry. Once again, I'm joined by Sunday Mail's chief football writer, Scott McDermott, and Record Sports Andy Newport. How are you both guys? Okay?
2: Good, Gav. Very well, boys. How are we?
1: Good. All all set for the big kickoff. Not long now. It seems like, well, I don't know. I mean, when I was just looking back at that last game there for a piece that I was doing for the website there, God the 4-0 win over Aberdeen it doesn't actually seem that long ago does it or does it seem long, a, a lifetime ago for you
0: it's always hard when there's a major tournament can I gauge into it I mean the Euros obviously kept us kept us going but I suppose if you didn't have the Euros it would have felt like a long time um, but I think the last couple of weeks have kind of flown in so I'm ready to go now
1: yeah and obviously two games at the weekend Andy Brighton on the Saturday 0-0 draw Two one win over Real Madrid. Um, I mean, it was it was quite it was a good occasion, wasn't it? on Sunday, Real Madrid bring so much glamour. And you think over the years that Rangers and Celtic have both been in the Champions League. You know, Real Madrid was always a team. You found that AC Milan came frequently up in the draw, and Barcelona, but Real Madrid was just one of the, these teams that never came up.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, obviously they're such, the you know, one of the real regal names of uh, of European football. I was actually having a look back just to see how many times they'd, they'd come up against Scottish opposition. And obviously they played Rangers in 63, sort of dished out of a 7-0 doing over the two legs. Uh, I think they played for uh, Marnock as well around about that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Celtic, I think I might have come across them a couple of times. Obviously Aberdeen and, and Gothenburg in '83. Yeah, yeah. in, uh, in so, but yeah, no, I mean it was a real sort of special occasion. Uh, I think added to by the performance. I know Madrid, um, you know, weren't at full strength, but you know, I think they had still. Enough quality, likes Asco, you know, Marcelo, um, you know Rodrigo, who got the goal, um, you know, these are guys that are you know top operators playing for obviously probably the biggest club in the world, and you know, um, yeah, they didn't have the full the full star list, the full galactical list of you know your Benzema's and your your Modricis. but you know the way Rangers performed was just it's so impressive and. Um, I think that you know it's been a bit of a sort of mixed pre-season so far. You know, you know, narrow win over Thistle, defeat to Tranmere, a couple of draws against the uh, Premier League opponents in Arsenal, and Brighton. You know, not too many goals, but that that uh, that game on Sunday has really like the blue touch paper. I think I think the fans now are getting getting really excited, and, and rightly so because it was a, a very promising uh, performance um, and and some really bright individual displays as well, which uh, you know coming. You're really perfectly ahead of the new season. You can't look too much into pre-season at times, but that was a performance that I think shows a lot of promise and a lot of potential ahead of the the new campaign.
1: There was a great tweet uh, kicking about. I don't know if you saw it. Somebody had posted it after the Tranmere defeat. They said, pre-season friendlies don't matter. After the Real Madrid win, they said, we're going to win the Champions League. (laughs) 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 It was funny. Uh, and it just shows you how people do, you know. You can't look into them too much. But Scott, I mean, we touched on that last week, didn't we? We were just saying maybe about the hunger and the mentality and all that, and you know, was it maybe missing a bit after that year? But really, Sunday's game has ignited everyone, hasn't it? It's kind of given them a whole, <coughs> a big boost going into this first game.
0: Yeah, I think the whole weekend, to be honest, gave um, I didn't see much of the the Brighton game. But I spoke to people who were who were there and had watched the game, and um, I think they saw a big lift in performances for the previous friendlies. I think they saw the kind of you know, the Real Rangers if you like the Rangers for last season, and I think that was needed. No, listen, know that people were in major doubts or you no know, people you no know, getting too uh, annoyed about friendlies, but I just think after Arsenal and as Andy says, a couple kind of you no. Know, dodgy friendly results then I think they they just needed something to kind of cling on to for last year and I think they got that I think they saw a similar performance to last season against Brighton and then I think it stepped up again against against Real Madrid so um, no it was, it was much needed.
1: I was saying Andy that um, well you I know mean, obviously Steven Gerrard said himself after the game you know it's given him a a selection headache really ahead of this game on Saturday. And there's lots of debate going on. Um, you know, about exactly what is the the the, the strongest start eleven. You no, know, who who does he play on Saturday? I've actually just done a piece for the website picking out sort of five areas and five, you know, dilemmas that he might be having in his head. Um, so I'll put the first one to you, Hillander or Balligan. And the other thing is. I suppose Europe is going to come into his thinking because it's Malmo or or Helsinki, you know, in a lot of the areas that might come into it because Balogun, of course, can't play because he's suspended. So do you rest Holanda rather than risk him getting injured or do you play him because he needs minutes?
2: Oh, that's a tough one. Um, Generally speaking, I think Holanda has proved himself to be, along with Goldson, the first pick, you know, there, there has been on occasion where um, Gerrard's went horses for courses a wee bit and made use of Baligan's extra pace on the, the recovery. But I think, generally speaking, Halander has been his go-to guy alongside Goldson. Yeah, it's, it's a conundrum because as much as he'll be desperate to get off to a good start in the league, you know, the, the Champions League qualifier as the most important game mm-hmm. eh, for the club as they look to get back into the Champions League mm-hmm. eh, for, for quite a while. So... Uh, perhaps, yeah, maybe that is the way to go, give, give Balogun a run out, but you know, I mean, in terms of Hollander needing minutes, I mean, yeah, he was injured towards the tail end of the season, but he he's only played for, was it, 19 minutes at the Euros, but he's been training through, he's only had, I think Gerard said um, at the weekend that he was so impressed by that the fact he, he decided to come back early for pre-season training by a couple of days just to make sure he's ready, so I'm not sure he's going to be too rusty in that sense. So, but I think you know definitely when it comes to first pick, uh, I would expect Talander and Goldson to be lining up
0: at uh, centre back uh, against Malmo or or Helsinki, Whoever it may be. Do you not think, Gav? Do you not think Gerard will want you know, the team that's going to play against Malmo, particularly the defence, to have that game against Livingston first, just to get them into that rhythm? You no, know, the Malmo game's so important. Um, to the club, you no, know, for all sorts of reasons. And I know it's I know it's depending on fitness and you don't know where people are at. Uh, yeah. but I get a feeling Gerard would probably want, you know, to play the team against Livingston that was going to go and start against Malmo. Maybe one or two changes in forward areas, but certainly you no know, getting the back four right and in tune before the Malmo game, I think that would be his plan. And I think Andy's right, if Hollander is fit, I think he will always get an odd over Baligan for for big games, and that would no, this one would certainly come into that category.
1: So, on that note, then would would you would you leave Kamara out on Saturday, or would he be one of the exceptions because he can't play either, can he? In Europe,
0: that's a good point. He's obviously suspended, so again, no, that's the decision, Gerard will need to make. Does he give Kamara minutes because he won't? You know, he won't play in midweek, or mm. does he want to try again get that kind of midfield balance right and get that midfield in sync? No, to face Malmo in the in the midweek.
1: Yeah, because I mean, obviously, Kamara didn't start against Real Madrid, so it could be the starting eleven against Real Madrid could be the starting eleven against uh, Livingston because yeah. because all these guys would be then available for Europe, wouldn't they? There was nobody that played against Real Madrid that isn't available, is that right? No. Balogun's not, not available, Roof's not available. Obviously, wasn't in the squad neither him or Aribo and Kamara. Kamara. Yeah. So I mean, it could be that
2: starting eleven against Real Madrid. I mean, had you had you sort of dropping it in that midfield role? I'm not sure if he's entirely comfortable in that role in terms of going a big European game with the defensive aspects of it. I think you know he's more used to playing one sort of line fuller forward. But given the sort of selection problems with, with Ryan Jack, obviously still being out. I'm not sure Stephen Kelly would be. Uh, trusted just yet to get in a game of this magnitude and play in the middle of the park so I mean maybe, you know, obviously Scott Wright was sort of playing deeper as well uh, at times over the last, over pre-season so um, there are a few sort of selection issues which Stephen Gerrard will have to go through but I think in terms of the midfield certainly Lundstrom and Davis give you that that bit of protection so I mean, maybe there's a a room
0: to go a bit more adventurous with the, the third central midfielder Yeah, you could play, but you could play somebody like Arfield as a third yeah. Guy in couldn't you, like Davis Lundstrom, Arfield, and then even playing Hadji off the right, as he did a lot uh, last season, though Hadji and Kent either side of obviously you no know, Iton, Sakala or, or Defoe. Um obviously with his performance against Real Madrid. Sakala's done himself no harm in terms of maybe getting the shout to get to get thrown straight in um through the middle. So you know, he's got great options there as well. But no, I think with the Malmo game, it is going to be it is so important that I agree with Andy, he'll, he'll, no, I'm not saying he's gonna go safe or cautious, but I think he want to be solid enough and I think that's that midfield, if it's Davis, Lundstrom, somebody like Arfield playing instead of Kamara then um I don't think people would be too surprised at that. Yeah.
1: I think great for Sakala, obviously getting the goal, he just looks like a guy, a boy who's just loving life. I mean, he just that smile is just unbelievable. But I mean, when you were watching him, obviously, I mean, I've, I've always been intrigued because we sat on the podcast, obviously, with the manager who signed him for us then. And he gave us quite a, quite a great insight, didn't he? And Because he was just so honest about saying maybe he's not that intelligent, but he's quick and things like that. But were there aspects when you when you watched him that made you think back to that chat that we had And in his area? Can you see a point in any, anything that he was saying? Could you...
0: It did because I don't know if you heard uh, Gerard's quotes on him after the game, but there's one line where he says, you "No, know, he's got a lot of work. He's still got a lot of work to do. We yeah. need to keep polishing that." Oh, I
1: thought mean, so that was that was basically our take from it, wasn't it? That was exactly it. That was exactly take. Yeah, I saw that. that I
2: really just thought good. he was. I just thought you know, for a starting point, I, I was pleasantly surprised because I thought, as you said when we spoke to his, his first coach a few weeks back, it. Mm. It made him out to say that there was, this guy wasn't going to be, a, be able to come in and make an instant impact. Yeah. His link-up play was really tidy, clever. You know, he was—he was, he was taking the right option more often mm-hmm. than not. Um, you know, I think he was—you know—he played through the middle. I think we previously been told he was—he was probably more effective coming in off the wing, but mm-hmm. you know, he sort of led the line effectively, and, and it looks like he's got pace to burn. And you know, you may not always get that domestically—that space to, to take advantage. But you know, him and Scott right with Madrid obviously being, you know, willing to sort of push up and, you know, go at Rangers a wee but When the two of them were able to open their legs, they were so effective. And I think Scott Wright's another guy who's really come into the discussion. Um, he looks like he has stepped up physically, you know, looks a bit stronger, but, you know, he's taken a, his game to a new level. And you know, as you said earlier on, Gerrard's got a lot of big decisions to make. It's a great place to be as a manager. It's a, it's a, it's a far cry from where Rangers were, you know, two or three years ago when, they didn't really have that, that strength and depth, but you know, you know, looking at the likes, of right? Uh, I mean, it's going to be hard to keep him out of the team if he, if he carries on playing like he did at the weekend. Yeah, well,
1: Stephen Gerrard sort of singled him out, which was unusual after it. Neil McCann and Alan Hutton were doing Rangers TV, weren't they? They were both raving about him, so he's, there's certainly plenty to think about there. Scott, I,
0: think, he, I think Sakala just gives them something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with all the options that they've got, I still think he does look a bit raw, but he's got. You no, know, he's got that raw pace, obviously, he's got that kind of electricity about him that gets people off their off their seats. He's you know, he's always wanting to get in behind, he's always wanted to play on the shoulder of the last defender. And I don't really think Rangers have have had somebody that. obviously Morelos a different type of striker, you no know, robust and physical and different attributes. I think you can say the same pretty much about everybody. You no, know, Jermaine Defoe's changed these as he's got older ittens a bit different, more of a target man. Roof likes to drop in or you know, drift out wide. So I do think Sakala, he looks as if he's going to be a good addition to the squad just because he gives them something totally different. And If you want to just go with you know, seed and pace through the middle, as Andy says, if teams want to step up and Rangers can play in the counter-attack, it's early days, but it certainly looks, as much as Gerrard's right, you know, there is a bit of polishing. They're still to do, but they can do that. Gerard and Michael Biel and that have shown they can they can do that with other players, but he certainly looks as if he's going to be a really good addition to the squad.
1: Whenever Morelos decides to come back, Andy, can you see Did you see <laughs> the two of them playing together? Uh
2: yeah, but I always, I always go back to this thing, I, I just think that Alfredo Morelos likes playing up on his own I mean, and I, I didn't think he was, I think it took him a long time to sort of get used to having Kamar Roof sort of coming off the wing and drifting into his sort of spaces um, Obviously we look back to when Defoe first came in and they tried that a couple of times trying to play them up front and it, it just didn't work and it's never really uh, been replicated again since so um, uh, in that case you might see uh, um Fashion Sakala sort of shunted out to the wing, I imagine. Um, But I mean, I think what it does, I think with Sakala, I mean, Scott's totally right. I mean, it's very early days. We've had one sort of brief, proper look at him. He didn't really do much uh, or get much service against um, Brighton, but he looks so bright against Real. But it's one body of work we've got to look. But if he can keep that up, then I think it takes a wee bit of that fear factor out that, you know, what happens if if Morelos does leave? If if this Mm guy can can keep this kind of level, then all of a sudden it looks like, well, yeah, they, they don't have to be dependent on Morelos like they have done in previous years, so um, that's great news for Steven Gerrard. I mean, you know, him being able to have as many options as possible, and obviously the club are looking to sell a player this year, whether it's Morelos or somebody else, so you know, if if, if he's got a ready-made replacement because um, Morelos has obviously had some polishing to do over his time, so if they get somebody who can come in and and make the similar kind of impact as he's done, and that's just
0: that brilliant news for Stephen Gerrard. It's also interesting, Gerrard, afterwards, just talking about the role of Defoe Defoe have with Sakala. I mean, when he was, when was asked about it eh, on Rangers TV, when he jumped in right away and said that is Defoe's main main job, and I think that will be one of the reasons why they were keen to keep Defoe on as a, as a coach because they knew Sakala was coming in as a bit of a a bit of a rough diamond, as Andy says, a bit similar to Morelos maybe a couple of years ago. And I think Defoe has had a big influence on Morelos, even for the outside. You can see the relationship that they've got and the respect they've got for each other off the pitch. And when Sakala came off on Sunday, you know, Defoe gave him a big hug at the, at the dugout. And I think he'll be working with him every day, just trying to, trying to improve him in certain areas. We'll try to bring Bitsy's game on. I mean, Defoe's been there and done it in terms of uh, not a strike being a striker at the top level in the, in the Premier League and in, and in Europe. So, um, no, it could be another clever move for Rangers and Gerrard just to keep Defoe in there. We know he's not going to play as, maybe as many games this season, but if he can be working away behind the scenes on Sakala and others, if there are other, other young strikers coming through, then it could be it could be invaluable to them.
2: I think as well what, what will really please, Stephen his, his attitude. I mean, yeah. he just looks delighted to be there. As you say, he's walking about with a smile, wider than the Clyde. And he's, you know, he's, he seems very humbled and, and very honoured to be at the club. You can see all his yeah. social media posts. He, he, he's, he's grateful to be given this opportunity. And yeah. Gerard's obviously spoken about just how impressed he has been with his attitude. And, and that's good news in terms of if he has, if they have got information to sort of try and. You know, impart in into him that he looks like a type that's willing to take that on and wants to learn, wants to become better. And, you know, but again, that, that's exactly what Steven Gerrard will want when he, he, he's signing guys. Yeah, you want guys with, with attributes and with quality, but you also want the right attitude. And, you know, there's been issues with, with Alfredo Morelos over the years that have maybe frustrated Stephen Gerrard. But, you know, again, if you get somebody who can come in who's willing to learn and willing to take on the instructions that he's given, then that just makes Stephen Gerrard's job. So
0: much easier. But what you're saying, and does he doesn't seem like a guy that goes on international duty and does they come back for three? Well, that's maybe how you put it.
1: I was <laughs> actually going to just come to that. Just, just, just. Um, I mean, is he getting an, an unfair deal here? I don't know. Was it? I think it was two weeks ago. Yesterday is that right? Maybe two weeks ago. I yesterday
2: know, was, uh, was, was Colombia's final game and the Copa America yeah I, mean, I think it's, it's,
1: it's two weeks it's two weeks off I mean what what, what would a player be entitled to I mean sure, sure. Yeah. I, I,
2: think yeah. the, I think the player the global players union recommend three weeks off uh, between seasons for, obviously that is, can be shortened if a player wants to and it's obviously it's yeah. more difficult when you've got these you know end of season tournaments and you know, you've got to factor in the quarantine I mean End of the day, a friend No he's got a young family. Yeah. The, last, the last year that you've we've just all been through, particularly difficult for him because he lives, you know, half a world away from his family. Yeah. He's had a young daughter that, you know, his, his family probably haven't had too much opportunity to, to see. So yeah. I don't think anyone can begrudge the guy taking a couple mm-hmm. of weeks off. Two
0: two weeks is nothing. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. But, but listen, but that's fine. If that's the case, but how how does Steven Gerrard know, know what date? He's coming back. Well, I mean, everything's set in stone, and he's getting two weeks off. Steven Gerrard, when he was asked about it, should have been able to say he, he'll be back on August the sixth. Because that's, yeah. I mean, I find that I, I, I don't, I don't think you no know, Gerrard's comments did any favours. No, I, I
1: if, think I think you're right, and I think you're absolutely right in what you said. I wonder. I just wonder, and I'm. Could it be that he maybe didn't know in terms of what he had to do when he came back? Could that maybe be a, in terms of isolation? And, because you can get an exemption.
2: Yeah, I mean, also, so. I mean, well, I, I looked into this yesterday and you know, exemptions um, come with very strict you know, um, requirements in terms of testing and you know, bubble requirements. You've seen that with uh, Galatasaray in terms of how they're getting into the country from Red List yeah. Turkey to yeah. play to play St Johnston next month. Yeah. Um because Alfredo else who has been on holiday in a red list country. Right. There's very little scope to get is um, that right my understanding is that you will have to quarantine for the full ten days. It just depends on on when he returns. Um right. given that Stephen Gerrard said on Friday, um he didn't know when he was back uh, he, he, he wasn't there back in the country on on um, on Friday. We we saw his wife posting pictures from the airport in the on Saturday, yeah. and yeah. you know the ten days from that basically takes you up to the Tuesday, the third August, which is the, the Champions League qualifier. He mm-hmm. has to qual. If, if he was back in the country in that yeah. day, he would have to quarantine. Up until that day, which means he's, he's out of the, both Livingston and the Champions League qualifier. So throughout
1: the Scottish Premiership, I mean, there, there must be, I mean, I'm trying to think off the top of my head here, but I mean, are there, are there no players from uh, nationalities of countries on the red list that would have gone back, you know? They
2: would have. I mean, you, you, look, you look at the two guys that... that, that Seltor trying to bring in from from Russia and from Japan.
1: I mean, they're new. That's definitely yeah, new. But
2: things. even so, but the fact that I think my understanding is because Morelos has been on holiday, right. he's, he's not in a bubble at that point. He's, he's right, not okay. daily testing. That would be why. Um, I'm not even sure. But, uh, Listen,
1: surely Ross Wilson and Steven Gerrard must know, and the club must know. They, they must know that. You're right,
0: Scott. Respectively, all of that. Yeah, Gerard is a manager of Rangers.
1: Yeah,
0: who's got a league opener. Yeah, to defend the title. Yes, yeah, yeah. He's the qualifier. He's their main striker, arguably yeah. the biggest asset at yeah. the club.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. We don't know when he's coming back. Yeah. On the exact date? Then there's something far wrong. Yeah,
1: no. I tell you,
0: you're right. You're right. I yeah. think they will know when he's due back, or when they expect him back, or they'll know when they've told him to be back. I just wonder, you know, if Gerard's comments are just yet another, can I dig get Morelos and his, and his representatives because, you know, maybe there's been a, a lack of communication or a lack of clarity as to yeah. exactly where he is, yeah. when he'll be back, what the quarantine issue is. So I don't think Gerard looked particularly happy in that interview in general, which is surprising given that, though know, he's getting into a new season, they're champions, the team's looking good, squad's looking strong. But the morelos issue clearly up them and as i say look for any manager not to know exactly when a player a star player is coming back um at the start of a season when you've got vital games coming up then that's that's just not right and it's going to be interesting to see how it, how it develops in the next the next week or so yeah
1: no well, it's exciting times but i mean we're going to end the podcast in a bit of a sombre note, I suppose, with the news yesterday of um, the former captain, Ali Dawson, who passed away at the age of 63. Our um, thoughts go out to all his friends and family. I mean, I was looking to 12 years, um, 12 years he spent at Ibrooks. You know, it's a, he, he's a name, guys. It's probably, you know, would be associated with a leaner spell at the club. Um, Yet yeah, when you look at his career... I think four league cups and a Scottish Cup. He captained them in a Scottish Cup um, to a mm-hmm. Scottish Cup final win. You know, you talk about a, a, a lean spell for the club. And back then, it probably would have been. But when you consider what, you know, the club have just gone through, you know, in the decade before they won that league title, you know, when they never won a single trophy, it's actually not bad going. And to spend 12 years at Ibrooks and captain your boyhood heroes to a, a Scottish Cup final win is, is quite something, isn't it?
0: I think you're right, Gav. I think he's a guy that in my own mind, you no, know, marking a generation, he was almost kinda of associated with that kinda of early eighties Rangers team, you no, know, that went so long with that title obviously before before Graham Souness came in. And you never really think of these guys, probably like you no know, kind of David Cooper, Alan McCoist aside, you never really think of these guys, you know, proper kind of legends. But you no, know, I was a bit surprised, a bit like you when you actually look at what Ali Dawson achieved, how long he was there. And then you read the you no know, kind of tributes coming in um, from people like McCoist um in particular. And you no, know, you don't need to give him kind of enormous credit for what he what he achieved. I seen the pictures this morning him lifting the, the Scottish Cup at Hamden his captain. I mean not a lot of people get to get to do that. So no really sad sad news, such a young age, um I interviewed him a few times, didn't know him well, but Interviewed him a few times. Obviously, he was involved in the kind of street soccer and the homeless World Cup. There was a few kind of press conferences that they did. um The boy David Nally Dawson was always there, yeah. you know, talk about Rangers and Scottish football and and other things. You know, he was always, you know, always very courteous and, and welcoming. So, no, really nice guys. As I say, you no, know, everybody you speak to, everybody you hear from this morning, all very. Uh, all very good things to to say about him. But I think you're right, you've hit the nail on the heads probably. Till, you know, it's not until something happens It's quite, um, you know, obviously tragic that he's passed away at this age, but it's not until that happens you actually look back and think, God, well, he, he actually achieved a lot.
1: Yeah, Hall of Fame, um on Hall of Fame as well. I think when I read he just made his breakthrough just after Rangers had won the second of trebles in sort of quick succession. And then just after that, kind of those those trebles. There was that kind of spell up until Graham Soonas came in. Um, but I think he played in the in the first season under Graham Soonas. He was still there. I think I think I read last night he played six times, so he was still at the club. You know, for, for the start of that Soonas uh, Revolution, even though he never sort of featured that much. Um, but yeah, no sad time. But anyway, guys, thanks a lot again for. Um, joining me this week and enjoy the big kickoff when it comes on Saturday. Uh, if you want to get in touch with anything we've discussed today, don't forget, you can tweet Scott at scottmcda and Andy at andynewport Um, And we'll be back next week to talk over the Livingston game and look ahead to the Champions League qualifying first leg. Thanks guys.
0: Cheers guys. Cheers. Cheers.